everything is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, um, great job. Great job. Almost. No, actually, you did, you did pretty good. Yes. Okay. 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 So, if you've learned anything from me in the last three days and why I asked my questions, is what is the real question? Is this the real question? It is... Is God just? That's the real question. Right? Because you answered basically why there's evil in the world. But the next question they'll ask you, because you're not answering their question, the next question they'll ask you is, now how come God doesn't get rid of it? Why is he allowing it if he's just? You see what I'm saying? One team answered it partially. You know who that team was? Team one. Partially answered it. So here's the deal. Is God just? Yes, he is. So why is there evil in the world if God is just? So he, give, he gave responsibility to man, right? But man fell into sin, putting himself in subjection to sin. But God had a plan, right? Because at that point, God is, you have to understand that God's nature, there's no partiality. He doesn't do something part way. He does it completely. And God is light, and in him dwells no darkness. Therefore, if God's going to get rid of evil, he would have to get rid of everyone. Because it's fallen, land, people, animals, everything. Right? Because evil contaminated it all. So, God is just, so he came up with the plan. He sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh that believing in him grants you eternal life because you get reconnected to the source of life. See? Simple? I'm quoting scriptures and I'm going through this, whether you realize it or not. That's all I'm doing. So you see, don't, don't just look at the question or listen to the question people ask you. Ask what is the heart behind the question? What is the real question they're asking? Because it might come across as they're challenging you, but really it's a hurt deep inside their own heart. Right? So a lot of times when people, excuse me, when you see that people ask Jesus questions, he didn't answer their question. He answered the question of their heart. 
every single time. It doesn't say they asked the question again, right? Because he answered the question of their heart. What was the real reason they were asking the question? You see this? This is the nature of God. God doesn't, he'll deal with some of the fluff, right? But he's really after the heart of the person. So, like, let's imagine. Would you want these small little questions answered, or do you want your heart questions answered? Your heart questions, right? Because that's what will solidify your faith, your trust in God. It's very simple. It's very easy. So, going back to sin, what is sin? If faith is trust, what is sin? Not trusting God. Right? Genesis 3. Did God really say? What was the devil doing? He was saying... Is God trustworthy? Is he worth your trust? Because he knows the moment you eat it, you will be like him. And so she lusted after the fruit on the tree that was forbidden to her, that she ate it and gave it to Adam who was with her. Right? So you see, all this is born out of not trusting the word of God. That's what sin is, not trusting the word of God. So we're going to take you somewhere very quickly. See if I can get on here. And Daisy, can you clear the board, please? I'm going to show you 1 John 1, 9. Okay, 1 John 1, 9. Sorry, I'm waiting for the internet so I can load my. I was planning on showing you on my computer, but the HDMI cable were missing, so. So let me show you something. This is very powerful. So this is what it actually says in Greek. Can you write this down? Um, yeah, I'm going to give you what it says actually in Greek, word for word. First John one nine. If ever we may be avowing. Be avowing, avowing, right here, we may be avowing the misses the misses of us believing. Write it in Greek. 
word for word. Okay. He is. So I'll let her finish writing it, and then we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. Okay. So this is really cool. I'm going to show you word for word, and then I'm going to give you a nugget right before lunch. Sound good? You want a nugget? An awesome nugget? Chicken nugget? It's better than chicken nugget. It's a nugget of life. (laughs) Got a last line. Whatever. All right, so this is what it says. So you can read it now. It says, if ever we may be avowing the misses of us believing he is and just, that he may be from letting to us the misses and should be cleansing us from every unjustness or injustice. Okay? So take... The misses, okay, put a line through it, misses, writes in, because that's what it means, it means missing, right, sin means missing, missing, miss the mark, miss, miss, so it means not trusting, missing, right, so if ever we may be avowing this word, is homo homologomen okay so yeah it's an H sorry I'll fix it just for you is that better <laughs> so it's homologamen. If we dissect this word, this means same. Logo means what? Words. Men? No, not men. No, no. This is a different language. Different language. Of him. Same words of him. So what is it saying? If ever you are saying the same thing, that sin, that it's sin. You see this? That it's sin of us believing he is just, he is and is and just, that he may be from letting to us the sin. So letting is not allowing letting is what they used to call 
um, when they would put leeches on people, they called it bloodletting, right? So it's sucking out, it's removing. So this word today would be remove, right? That he may be from removing, like from us, the sin and should be cleansing us from all unjustness. So what leads to it? Understanding that it's, we are agreeing with God that it is sin. And if we do so, this is the very act of repentance because we're saying, God, your word is true. This is sin. And if you believe that, then you won't continue in it anymore. You see what I'm saying? Very interesting, isn't it? Okay, we're going to go to another nugget. Here, I'm going to wipe it off. Let's go to John 1. John chapter 1. Are you understanding what I'm showing you? Yes? Okay. Just want to make sure. Is I'm kind of cramming in a lot of Greek without giving you filling all the details, so understand there is a learning curve. But something I'm going to show you is something that gets me excited, okay? Because this explains what I've been telling you about the nature of God abiding in you. All right, so we're going to go to John 1, 14. John 1, 14. What does it say? Okay. So here what it really says. All the way over. And then it goes down there. Yep. Yep. So it says the word logos, right? You shouldn't be writing it. The saying. So you can see when you see when you translate straight from Greek, there's a lot of words missing that may actually help it make sense. Because it's not like our language. If you, like if I was to translate stuff in Spanish, in English, it wouldn't make sense. Same thing if I translate English straight to Spanish, it would not make sense. I'm sure it's the same with Tamil, Tamil, and other languages, right, compared to English. It just, some things just don't translate correctly. So they fill in the words in between to kind of help it make sense. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I joke around and say whenever I read Greek, I feel like I'm talking like Yoda because everything's backwards. He's like, try, you mustn't, do, you must, right? And so it's like, okay. It's the same thing with, with, with uh, reading Greek. So it says the saying flesh became in booths in us, and we gaze the esteem of him, esteem as of the only begotten son, full of grace and truth. Okay. So remember, I was telling you about a word the other day called what? A verb tense called aorist tense. Aorist tense. So this is a game changer, okay? Because 
In English, we don't have a tense for aorist tense. Aorist tense is completely outside of time. For people who aren't here, aorist tense is a verb outside of time. In English, we have all our verbs inside of time, past, present, future. Right? So a verb outside of time, it changes an entire mindset. And this is the way the Greeks thought. Because if it's a verb outside of time, it's truth, or it's a, it's a fact that supersedes time. So it, it's not dependent on time. It's dependent on the action itself. You see what I'm saying? So here we look at it. And guess what? Anybody heard of the, of the Feast of Sukkoth? Sukkoth. Is it CC what? No. I thought it was like that. Something like that. Excuse my, my spelling. But basically what it is, is it's the feast that Jews still practice today of temporary dwelling. When they were in the wilderness. Okay? And so there's a whole feast around it. But we translate this word what? Dwelt. Does that look like the word booths? Telephone booth? No. No, it's not telephone booth. So it's not a booth, right? So let's look at this. This is logos. Okay? So in the, in the logos, flesh became. Guess what words are as tense? What verbs are as tense? Do you know? Looking at this, what words are as tense? This one is there's tense. This one right here is there's tense. Okay? This one is there's tense. So what is it saying? It says, and the word became flesh, becomes flesh, and will become flesh, and dwells, right? Let's use the word dwells just because just for sake of argument, I'll explain it out later. Dwells, dwelt dwells and will dwell in us and we gaze we gazed we gaze we will gaze on the esteem of him the glory of him right and glory as of the only generated beside father full of grace and truth so what does that mean that means as we do the word of God, he comes into us and he lives in us and we become the word of God. You hear what I'm saying? No? Kind of? Okay, let me try to explain this a little better. So the word becomes flesh. How? How? 
by the word dwelling in us, right? What does Jesus say in um, John 15? Abide in me. Right? Obey my commandments, and I will make my abode in you, and, and my Father will make his abode in you, and you will be in me, and I will be in you. That's what he says several times. It also says in chapter 14. So what is he saying? He's saying, you're saying, living, living Jesus, living as Jesus, right? Christ-like. So as you do the word of God, not hearing the word of God, but as you do the word of God, the word of God manifests in your flesh, in your body, in this present world, as the exact image of Jesus. And we gaze upon the glory of God. You see this? Is this too complicated for you? So you do the word of God, and the word of God manifests in you and through you to the world around you. And you get to witness the glory of him. This is what I'm talking about. Seeing 100% people of everybody you pray for healed. It's humbling. It's not something to beat your chest about and say, oh, look at me. I did this. I know I didn't. You understand what I'm saying? So I gaze upon the word of God becoming flesh through obedience. Through the very nature of God dwelling in me. This is, this is something that's hidden that can't be translated into English. And it's covered. This proves that John believed what Paul taught. Identity in Christ. Right? Mystery from the ages. The hope of glory. Right? So it's the expectation of glory, Christ in you. Christ in us. So this is the very beginning of John. He's explaining out, get this, understand. If you walk this out, if you walk out the word of God, it becomes flesh. So it's not past tense as became. It means he could never become and dwell in us today. If we use the same verb tense. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying. So there's a continuous tense, right? But it's from the present forward, right? This is completely outside of time. 
So it applies past, present, and future. Yes. Right. So that's why I gave you the tools. If, you, if I show you my iPad, what I'm looking at, scriptureforall.org. Okay? So it shows you which ones are aorist tense. And then you pay attention. Is it second person, first person, third person? Right? What's the, t what's the tone? What's the, the voice? All these things matter in written language. It changes the entire context. And so just knowing this little thing has caused me to go deeper. And like I said, I can, I can prove over and over exactly what John is writing. And there's treasures in, in the book of John that nobody's even tapped into because they overlook it because they just read it in the language it's translated into. So I can go back. And like I said, I'm, I'm doing a study right now that shows... Jesus said over and over and over, almost 30 times, I am. They said, by what authority do you do this? He goes, I am. Who are you? Who sent you? I am. When they went to arrest him, it doesn't say, I am he. He goes, I am. And they fell over backwards. You see, he understood his connection, his relationship with Father. It's out of this nature, out of the very nature of God, all this happens. Out. So like I said, it's, um, Daisy wrote a couple of quotes. Can you pull those up so I can share them with them? As, as we've been discussing this, I'm, like I'm telling you, I'm still getting a lot of revelation right now on the depth of this because it's absolutely amazing so like it's like this what's important is not that you're you're a son of God what's important is that you're a son of of who he is who God is it's because of who he is that I am who I am you see this so what's important is not that you are a son of God what's important is that you're a son of who he is. It's because of who he is that I am who I am. Next one. The only reason why we, we are who we are or can do what we can do is not because we're special, because we're sons of God. It's because he allowed us to be like he is. Right? He allowed us to be like he is. He's like, he could have allowed us to be sons without any benefits. Those benefits basically is what we call inheritance in Christ Jesus. Right? But he gave us that. We quote 1 John 4, 17 all the time, right? As he is. With this new understanding, think about it. The understanding of God's nature alive in you. Think about this. As he is. So that's why I teach. In his glorified state, 
Not when he was walking on the earth. In his glorified state, as he is, so are we. He didn't say as he was. Right? doesn't say that. It says, as he is, so are we. This is very simple. But you have to be utterly, completely convinced that that is your nature. Because when you go to lay hands on somebody, you're not trying to do anything. You're just letting the very nature of God in you manifest. Right? When you turn on a light bulb, do, does the light bulb have to convince itself that it's light? No, because it's being true to its nature. But for us, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to understand the very nature that is in us that Jesus taught his disciples. Why do you think he had the right to get after them when they failed to do what was right? He said, guys, why are you still thinking twisted is what he's telling them. You perverse generation. He's telling you, you twisted thinking generation. How much longer must I be with you? So he's telling them, you're thinking wrong. Your, your mind's wrong. And it was. They openly admitted it. You can see that in the very first chapter of Acts. Well, when, when are you bringing your kingdom? That's what we're here for. We want a place in your kingdom. Right? They were thinking carnal instead of eternal. They were thinking physical kingdom at that time. Do you see what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm talking about? This is what everything hinges on. Because if you think it's your ability, what if your ability fails? When somebody's life is on the line, your ability fails, that weight will crush you. It'll crush you. Well, I like rising to the challenge. And when that challenge beats you, because you're trying to do it on your own ability, doesn't Paul say, I rejoice in my infirmities? He's not talking about sicknesses. He's talking about weaknesses. Because in, in my weakness, God shows himself strong. So he's saying it's not by my ability. It's not even by my understanding or my past. And he goes, oh, and I have a past. I fulfilled the law. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Isn't that what he said? He said, but I counted all as dung. I counted all as poop compared to knowing Christ. So when you see this, you have to begin to understand what is he saying? He's saying that the very nature of God is what's important. Because he didn't leave us fatherless. He gave us his nature so that we can produce exactly what God produces. He didn't just die for us and remove sin from us. You understand that wouldn't be enough. Think about this. If God just forgave your sins and that's it, the devil can make you sin again. You'd be back in the same spot all over again, right? And in what? 
you don't have another sacrifice. You would need another sacrifice. You need another Jesus. If he just came to forgive your sins. Did he forgive your sins? Absolutely. But he didn't just for forgive your sins. It says he completely blotted them out. And they no longer count against you because you no longer have that nature. This is what Paul was preaching about over and over in every epistle. And when you begin to see that, when you begin to understand that, you're like, this is my nature. Watch out. I'm going to manifest as a son of God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to literally manifest and show the goodness of God in this situation because this is what he would do because I know my father. I know my, my brother, Jesus. Right? Do you see the difference? It's a slight mind, change of mind, but it makes all the, world, the change in the world. You have to decide to see yourself and place the value on yourself that God does. He paid a hefty price for every one of you. It wasn't cheap, but we got it for free. A hefty price. Think about this. I know I'm kind of repeating myself here a little bit, but think about this. Let's go to the, the, the end of John. What does it say about in the end of John? Brother Singh and I were talking about this last night. He said, all the books in all the world could not contain everything that Jesus did. God had that son lay down his life to produce more sons like him. So does God want you to walk just as Jesus walks? Absolutely. But you have to understand the very core, the very nature, the very motive of God. Because this is what changes everything. I'm telling you, when we hit the streets, you'll see. But you have to discipline your mind to the fact of the nature of God in you. Because if you're trying to do something to prove something to somebody, now it's out of your own will again. It's out of your own soul. 